0: SEGA BITS presents Sega Talk, a podcast talking all things Sega, right with your hosts George and Barry. Look, it's a giant
1: talking egg. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the Master here. So what?
2: No. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to Sega Talk number sixty. I'm your host George, and with me is Barry.
0: Good morning,
2: good afternoon, good evening, this is gonna be our last Sega Talk for the year, and it's kind of like, you know, a good number to end off because it's Sega's 60th anniversary, uh, Sega Talk 60, and it's the 10th anniversary of Sonic Colors, and so that's why we're gonna be talking about this platformer, that, and we got, it was a Patreon paid uh, membership mm-hmm. one, uh, we're gonna read his message right now, uh, Daniel Andres.
0: Ah, yes, let me bring it up. He actually he mess- he was so excited and nervous that <laughs> we were gonna miss that I think uh was it Daniel Undress or was it Tyler-
2: T- was it Tyler? It could be Tyler actually, you're right
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. um, so Tyler said, uh, Sonic Colors is a really interesting point in my history with Sonic well blasphemous to some. This was the first Sonic game I really enjoyed, but don't pull out." Your pitchfork's just yet. Colors is also only the second Sonic game I had ever played up to its release. Sonic and the Secret Rings being the first. In the past couple of years, I've caught up and played all the Sonic games, but Colors still sits pretty high up there. It just feels so full of life. Colors is an odd subtitle, but I walk away feeling like it's incredibly appropriate. It's just bursting with cheer and vibrancy. I can't wait to hear what you two think.
2: Ooh. I was going to say it's kind of weird that like he's not like a young fan either. So like this is his first or one of his first Sonic games. I guess there's some people that just it never really you know they didn't they never really wanted to buy a Sonic game. I guess or maybe they just played more on other consoles. But uh, that's interesting. So let's get into the episode. Sonic Colors was an action platformer video game released in 2010 which was developed by Sonic Team on consoles and DIMPs on handheld, which is the Nintendo DS. On this episode, we will be covering mostly the Sonic Team-developed Wii version of the title, but we will talk a little bit of the DS version, not too much, but uh, what is your history with Sonic Colors and your thoughts on it a decade later?
0: Well, well, well. Um, Sonic Colors, I, I think I have a pretty strong history with it. It was the reason I picked up a Wii. Um... I remember the game came out maybe midway through the Wii's lifespan, so you could get a Wii for pretty cheap used. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was what I did. I bought a used Wii, um, got Sonic Colors, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, though I do remember when this when the title was announced, and it still kind of doesn't sit with me. Uh, it sounds like a children's educational title. Yeah, um, it sounds like he's going to teach you how to use colors. I mean obviously when you play the game the title makes sense in terms of the the mechanics but remember this is us coming off of some pretty edgy hardcore Sonic games like Unleashed um yeah. and so this was really what well, what maybe like the maybe like the second Sonic game to have like a little subtitle like that where it's not like Sonic the Hedgehog and blah 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 or um Sonic and like a number yeah. so to go from Unleashed to Colors is just like going from, like, hardcore to, like, kindergarten, basically. It
2: is it is a weird change, and I feel like this is the time when Sonic Team was taking things that worked in some games and then moving them, like, there was this big move to, where after Sonic 06, people hated the grim, dark Sonic uh, stories, and they kind of, like, even Sonic Unleashed, you said it was more hardcore than this, which is true, it is, but it still had, like, a Pixar vibe to it, and it was still, like, more cheery than Sonic 06. So I feel like they doubled down with Sonic Colors. And this is kind of like a, a, kind of weird, but a soft reboot. Like it's because it feels totally different than what they were doing before. And we'll talk about some of the writers and uh, things mm-hmm. they changed, including the voice actors in the uh, Americas. Um, and there was a lot of weird negative, uh, I think feedback from, especially from uh, Takashi, you know, when he does interviews, he always says something very extreme and the fans react and then the headlines mm-hmm. were ridiculous, and he did that with Sonic Colors, which I love because <laughs> I love the drama he does. But uh, uh, one thing I started noticing when it comes to development and behind-the-scenes stories uh, from recent Sega games is that it's kind of crazy that uh, there's more detailed uh, accounts of development for games like Streets of Rage 2 or compared to like Binary Domain or Sonic Colors. So this is going to be a little more light on it. It's going to be more opinion-based and more about mm-hmm. what was going on at the time, so... We know Sonic development started development as soon as 2008. Following Sonic Team, uh, they follow, it was following the development of Sonic Unleashed, which is considered the father of boost gameplay for Sonic Team. Not Because, I mean, there was Sonic Rush, but that's 2D. I say, right. during, uh, I say during the 2008, the Sonic the Hedgehog brand was a totally different place than it is right now. I think we all agree. For example, Sonic Unleashed was created due to the fact that fans and critics had a huge backlash on Sonic 06 and its formula. Sonic Team noticed the DIMPS game Sonic Rush and was getting praised. And so they tried to emulate the style in 3D with Sonic Unleashed. Uh, The fallout from Sonic 06 also had a big uh, movement of Sonic Team taking friends gameplay elements out of Sonic games, which resulted in Sonic Unleashed only having Sonic and the Werehog uh Sonic mm-hmm. Colors further doubled down on the no friends and promise eh, and promise Sonic Colors would only have Sonic as a playable character. This is uh a Tekashi Azuka interview from uh Game. Yes, there's a website or uh game magazine <laughs> called Game. Like Game. Hey guys, do you video game? Um I mean, can <laughs> we get video game as one? But uh oh, now I I skipped the okay. Wait. Uh, The main difference is that in past Sonic titles, Sonic has always been a high speed guy and other action elements come from other characters. In Sonic Colors, Sonic is the lone playable character and with Colors powers, uh, Sonic is able to do something different for the first time while keeping the high speed characteristics in play. What is your opinion on the whole make Sonic games only Sonic and do you think it's worked out over time?
0: Um, I think it was a good decision to make following 06. Mm. Um, I mean, that game had a number of playable characters on paper. It looked like it would be a lot more exciting because they weren't in like max. They weren't slow. They were all speedy, fun characters. And they had that amigo system, which again, on paper, you're like, oh, that's a cool way to bring in other characters. Like they're just minor playable characters in one stage. But then when you play it, it's just. There, there's something completely wrong and off. And so I, I do think it was smart to focus on 3D Sonic again and really just try to get him right. So when you go to, from Unleashed, which granted is not completely Sonic because the Werehog mm-hmm. is technically Sonic, but yeah. basically like a, a Ristar, Ristar um, in 3D, which is not a bad thing actually. Like when you go back and play it, it's not terrible. It's it's playable. It's fun. Um, it's just unexpected. And I think here they finally took what they were experimenting with unle- in Unleashed and really almost perfected it because they they made it so that the, the boost wasn't so insane. You know, mm-hmm. like you were boosting, but you were still controlling and seeing what was coming up. And you had a little bit more, um, um, I don't know, like control over the character. It wasn't just a set piece that you were blasting through, which I think Generations kind of brought back but reined in again a little more. So you could see over time they were progressing to uh, perfect the Sonic formula. And here I think they were like 90% there. Personally, I think Generations is like 100. And so that's why it was such a, a disappointment to me personally that you go into Forces and it's like 50%. You know, <laughs> It's like, what happened, guys? But um, it was smart. I do think it was a smart move.
2: I think it's uh, interesting. It, it was a smart move at the time, and I think the whole consensus of Sonic fans that w- when we talked about this on forums and stuff, it was like some people were obviously angry, especially those people that have characters that they're, like, invested into, you know. There's some people that really right. like Tails, really like Amy. And it was smart to not make them playable. This game actually kind of doubles down, and there's not really that many side characters even in the story. It's very, yeah. like, b- bread-and-butter characters. Um I think it, the idea was that, like, once you fix Sonic's gameplay, you could start extending out to other gameplay forms. And what we saw is them kind of doubling down on it because uh, fans liked it enough. And they continue doing it with Generations, with, like, doing gimmicks where it's like, it's actually Sonic Classic and it's 2D now. and ne- oh, Or the Avatar isn't really an actual friend character, it's you, you know? <laughs> it's like, okay. Right, right. Um, while reading more about Sonic Team, what Sonic Team was doing and why they decided... For example, to make it a Wii exclusive, it seems that Sega, as a publisher during this time, wanted to make Sonic a huge pillar of the company, which they always do, by releasing Mm -hmm. multiple titles, even, like, multiple titles in one year. It really felt, uh, since Sega went third party to, like, 2012-ish, that Sonic titles... uh, They tried to keep up with Sonic titles and kept on releasing them. And this is going to bite them in the butt when it comes to marketing this game. Just how Mm -hmm. Sega took... um, uh, just how Sega took uh, feedback about the Warehog and applied it to Colors. They also took sales seriously. Sonic Unleashed had a brand new Hedgehog engine being created, and was, uh, and was released on every console at the time: the Wii, the PS2, the 360, and PS3. While Colors had a more focused development uh, by just being on the Wii and the DS. Uh, with, each ver- with, these, uh, with each version, with each with each version. Being uh, done by a different studio. I can't even talk today, dude. According to <laughs> Takashi at the time, the move to go Wii only was due to the sales of the 2007 released Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Game Crossover. Which turned out to be one of the highest selling games in Sonic franchise history. Uh, while it might seem crazy, for a few years into the Wii's live, these mini games were selling like hotcakes. And the idea of two iconic characters like Mario and Sonic doing a crossover was a huge deal. Uh, do you mm-hmm. remember all the hype around Mario and Sonic? And do you think making Sonic Colors a Wii exclusive, which it still is, uh, was a great idea based on the meaty, uh, mini game title that was selling well?
0: I mean, I think the sales for Sonic Colors kind of speak for itself. It, it sold very well, um, mm-hmm. and it was all based off of, you know, not just Mario and Sonic, but I think also they were tapping into. Nintendo fans who grew up on Sonic on the GameCube. Um, you know, listening to this episode, or this podcast for the last 60 episodes, I'm sure you figured out by now that I am a OG Sonic fan, 1991. So it really amuses me when I encounter people who are like, Oh, I love Sonic. Man, director's cut. And I'm like, Oh, you're one of those guys. <laughs> nothing I'm wrong a, with that, but it's, just, it's such an it. interesting an interesting branch of Sonic fandom where they came in as a Nintendo fan and then they started getting hit with all of these Sonic titles. And so this, I mean, I really feel like this sort of game is directly targeting them. It's very Mario-esque. It um, uh, also aesthetically, I think, really goes in line with the Mario and Sonic titles, which, to be honest, kind of shaped how Sonic is today. Like, Unleashed had its own kind of aesthetic and feel with the renders and with the the graphics and whereas i feel like you look at mario and sonic and sonic colors and it's pretty close to what we're getting now with like forces and team sonic racing Uh, a lot so
2: a lot of the characters that they created for this like the wisp and stuff have stuck around while like miss dr pickle or whatever and chip i we haven't (laughs) seen them since unleashed so right right that's why i meant when this is like a soft reboot in a way um for sure one of the first ideas to, that came out of the team designing Sonic Colors was the idea that the setting would be around an amusement park. The team thought that the amusement park is too small of a setting for a Sonic game. Thus, they changed it into an interplanetary park. Unsurprisingly, Sega used Disneyland as an, a visual inspiration. What are your thoughts on the whole Disneyland visual in, uh, inspiration? And did it give you the Disney vibes? Because it just kind of gave me of like amusement park but, like, scaled up to, like, a gajillion, right? Like, they yeah. took themes, right? And then they, like, mixed it up.
0: For sure. I, I mean, they could have taken a little further and really nailed uh, nailed down the, like, Disney um,
2: like the branding. Uh, thing
0: by having, like, co- you know, like, costumed characters or something, like, to have robots dressed as Eggman going around and, like, Eggman hats and stuff, but they didn't go that far. No. So it... It does, I think, in the layout because there's like a central hub and then everything kind of shoots out from it. Mm-hmm. That's very similar to how the Magic Kingdom is laid out where you have the castle and then from the castle it's almost like a this, like a wheel in the center and then you go out to the different parks uh, the different lands which is all based, I think on a French concept of a city center where the capital's in the center and then the whole city spreads out from there, so um, you know that that's. It's very common for theme parks now. It's very common for zoos. So it's it's definitely something that uh, Disney utilized, but it's not like something unique to Disney. But they do they do copy Disney in the lands aspect. It's just not hit you over the head. It's not like Sonic goes to uh, Adventureland. It's more like Sonic goes to what like Foodland. So, <laughs> you know or or something like that
2: so but uh, it's
0: it's cool it's a cool concept
2: a while back when uh, uh yuzuzuki talked about like when we did the the notes for it a long time ago maybe the first episode yuzuzuki mm-hmm. talked about how for when he did outrun he would like cruise around uh europe in a ferrari so you could feel what it feels like so they could develop the game right do you think that the Sonic Team did this so they could go to Disneyland for like months and be like, yeah, we got to go do notes, even though the game's already completed?
0: Right. Well, probably they went to South America just so they could like make a, you know, janky uh, 3D <laughs> game, you know, like nothing yeah. against Sonic Adventure. But you play those, those, uh, some of those levels, and you're like, wow, did they really need to put the budget for a trip to South America? Yeah,
2: like, at this point, you can watch YouTube videos and get a feel for it. Like, I I, I mean, if you're making, like, a great game, like, I know Pixar does this where they go to South America to get, like, look at the animals, the atmosphere to capture it. But, like, I never, sometimes I feel like Sonic Team says, like, it's based on this, and then they kind of do their own thing. So it's like, I mean, how much (laughs) is it really based on Disneyland? Not that much. You didn't put mascots and stuff. Like, it would have been...
0: Exactly. It
2: would have been sick fan service to have, like... Hit, like uh, Eggman take the idea of other characters And making money off of them Like he's selling Sonic hats Who cares man, I'm making money off of Sonic but, Right, that would have um, been funny Of course, Sonic Team couldn't just Stay focused on the boost Sonic gameplay They wanted to add more to the game And make it its own And they came out with Wisp Which uh, bring either Happy thoughts to some younger fans Or refusal of existence in other <laughs> older fans the idea behind Whips is they, uh, they're they basically power-ups, right? Uh, they, so and it didn't slow you down because War, the Werehog w- did slow you down and the levels were really long. So the idea is that this these will diversify you and let you reach areas and do things so you come back to levels kind of like a Metroidvania style where like, oh, mm-hmm. how do I get that? Uh, ring or red ring and then you come back later with the power when you unlock it and then you'll be able to drill through it or something um do you Mm -hmm. think the whips accomplish what sonic team wants and what is your opinion on sonic team reusing whips whips Mm. wisps. are you a hater (laughs) or a lover
0: um well at the time it was a really bizarre concept like as i said sonic colors on its own is a weird title it's a amusement park in space is a weird concept, and then, like, these weird space aliens, you know? Um, but I guess looking at them, they also kind of evoke Chao. They evoke Night Opians, so it's not too far off. It's, you know, even Choo Choo Rocket, like, one of them looks like a Choo Choo Rocket. Yeah. So um, it it did not seem too far off from something Sonic Team would do. Um, I actually kind of like the idea of them, though, because as much as I love the elemental shields in Sonic 3 and Knuckles, there's nothing unique about them. I mean, what, fire, water, you know, it's, that anyone can have that. Yeah. But the fact that you have, like, a, a purple space alien um, with spikes on his head, like, that's pretty unique. So I like the concept of it. Um, I like that they are not uh, just like a spring image you know or a spike image we've seen this we talked about uh, sonic chaos that had power-ups too but they were like rocket shoes um so i i think it's smart and i like that they made them unique enough that when you look at a wisp you know it's from sonic you're not just like is what is that from bubsy you know <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I give uh, that. my only complaint yeah my only complaint is that later in the series while they do appear um in like team sonic racing which i thought was smart like they didn't use them in Sonic and Sega All Stars Racing, which I think they would have worked really well as one of the power ups. But instead, they used like a boxing glove. You know, oh, like yeah, you've you've created power ups, um, and yet like transformed could have easily picked up some of these, and it didn't. Um, so that's that's my complaint. If anything, is that they I don't think they utilized them as well moving forward.
2: And so. maybe that's another complaint we could like talk about, like. Sonic Team has the ability to reuse things they've made in the past and repurpose them. Like they could have made Chows the like oh, there's these rare Chows that have power ups because
0: space Chow, yeah. yeah, Chows from space. That's exactly. something they have already established.
2: So, so I'm saying, and then they, they kill off Chows, right? And then they move on to something else, oh no. like and oh, now they're just shields or whatever, like you said, right? And then it goes to Chows, all right? And then you kill Chows, and then you move on. and You're like, now we have to make Wisps. So I'm like, how long right. do you think the the Wisps are going to last?
0: Right. So Yeah, you, they could have done, like, these are Space Chow. They use elem, uh, elements of the universe. And Sonic's like, wow, Space Chow, you know, like, that, that could have happened. Didn't, but
2: do you think that, that would have been cool. You think that they're going to kill the Wisp off? Like, it feels to me like they're slowly, like, I know that they were in forces and stuff, but, like, I think they're slowly going to phase them out and just come up with some other gameplay gimmick in the future, you think so? or eh? It's
0: possible. Um, we did have them in Forces and Lost World, um, but I don't think they were utilized as well, as I mentioned. I do like the concept, though, of making them go inside weapons and they have wisps. I think that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Like a nice reinvention of them, and they've uh, continued that in the IDW comics with um, Whisper, who has like a sniper rifle that utilizes different wisps. I think that's cool. So it's clear that they are still utilizing them. The question is, does Sonic Team themselves like them? And will the 2021 20, game have them? I guess we'll we'll find
2: out. It's going to be interesting. Um, mm-hmm. talk, talking about uh, Tagashi, uh, I mean, Izuka making uh, bad comments. Uh, one of my favorite oh, things boy. about Sonic games coming out is watching Sonic fans freak out over dumb shit, uh, T- uh, Izuka <laughs> says during interviews. Uh one of the things that had uh Sonic fans riled up was his consistent media circus saying Sonic Colors was created to appeal to Mario fans. And I, I remember I, I, that. Uh here's his quote and I don't think it's that bad going back. I remember people freaking out like it was the death of Sonic. Like they would look at like screenshots and they're like, "Look, donuts, that's oh my god, that's literally that's literally Mario or whatever, you know." And it's right. like, "No. No." Anyway, here's the uh, quote. From a general game design perspective, in recent years, we've been able to introduce Sonic to new fans. A lot of a Nintendo slash Mario fans. And because of that, we've made changes to the design. And we've designed things in Sonic Colors that we think will really appeal to people who are unfamiliar with the Sonic brand and the Sonic gameplay. So from mm. that perspective, we hope that fans of Mario will really be able to enjoy playing in, as Sonic in Sonic Colors. There is also the dreaded younger audience talk he did, and he also doubled down saying when he meant younger audience, he meant a broader market, I don't know, I guess. Mm. Um, looking back at the quote, saying it's aimed at Mario fans, it's rather tame. Do you remember the Sonic fan backlash pretending that this is the worst thing to happen to Sonic since... dot 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 Sonic 06?
0: <laughs> I do remember the backlash, and I mean... I, I see where they're coming from, but you have to look at where Sonic was at this time. Like, sure, we had Heroes, which was you know not the greatest game, but it sold incredibly well. It had a huge fan base; lots of people played it. And then all of a sudden, you start getting grim and dark with um, with Shadow, with Sonic 06, even Unleashed. As much as I like that game, it is a very dark game. Um, maybe not as adult as the other ones, but it's just like it, it's about time for Sonic to make a very good. Pick up and play. No long cutscenes. No big adventure fields. No like weird fetched quests for guys who talk like this. <laughs> you remember oh yeah! That? So it's like it's like cut all the the trim all the fat, cut all the shit, and just make a a game that that's unapologetically a game. And that's what Mario has always been. Yeah. It's not like Mario, the latest Mario game, Mario Odyssey, came out and it was suddenly some massive, cutscene-heavy, uh, grimdark, uh, super-plot-heavy story. It's never been like that with Mario, and it's always worked. And it's not always been like that with Sonic, either. You go back, and I think Sonic Colors is very much in line with the Genesis Originals in terms of like the level of story you're getting. Sure, there isn't like an Angel Island crashing or something like that, but there there's enough story there. There is some drama. It's just, it's not like, it's not like they're treating Sonic like a Final Fantasy game, which they did in 06 and and even in Unleashed towards the end. Um, it, and I, I honestly wish they would go back to something like this. I think Generations did it really well, and I think Forces didn't. T-
2: <laughs> no, it, they try to, like, bring back the dramatic elements and try to, like recapture those fans that used to like I guess Sonic Adventure 2 and Sonic 06 but those two games are totally different like I think people would accept it if you handle the little like grim dark moments if you handle them perfectly it's okay to have some edge on your characters it's like The Mandalorian for example has some edge but it isn't super edgy. You don't see the Mandalorian going like, I got bl- bad feelings about everything. You know, I'm an emo character. Yeah, I right. hate life. It's like, right, right. yeah, they're, it's handled correctly. You could handle it correctly. And they've done it sometimes. I think Shadow in the end of Sonic Adventure 2 did a pretty good job. I mean, I think that's the best they've gotten with uh, their grim, dark look. So, uh, let's, Absolutely. Let's talk about the announcement of this game. This game was announced... Via, wait, via a blog post, randomly, here it is, Sega literally took down their, like, uh, blog, so you have to, like, Mm -hmm. use an archive, which is kind of lame, like, what's, is it really killing your guys' thing to have an archive of your old workers and announcements, but anyway, it was posted in 2010, March, May 26th, 2010, via an elegant, massive post written by the amazing Kelly, who used to be in charge of the Sonic brand of the United States during the time. The post Mm -hmm. basically revealed the logo, the first screenshots of the Wisps, and the cool amusement poster featuring Eggman with the release date of holiday 2010. That means a few months after the initial reveal, which kind of came out of the blue for a lot of Sonic fans. For Uh, sure. Since this was announced on a blog post, we get to see over 312 comments made by Sonic fans over a decade ago. And their thoughts on this announcement. I'll read a couple of them. Uh, <laughs> Dizzle hmm. said, uh, you're working on Sonic 4 and this game? Why can't you focus on one Sonic game at a time and strive for it to be the best of the best of the best? Instead of dividing your focus like you're doing now and passing sub subpar games that are as finished. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> and then this is somebody else. Uh, <laughs> Hi-Fi Hedgehog, a.k.a. Sonic the Hedgehog 360. Thank God he, he wow. let us know. Hmm, this came right out of the blue. I wonder what Sega has in mind for this sort of game. Personal opinion, this reminds me of the flicky gimmick, gimmick in Sonic 3D Blast, but this, but on steroids. Well, power-ups, Whoa. execution will be make or break, so I'll hold judgment until I actually play the game. I've already been quite blown away by A- ASR, so I may be equally impressed with colors. Wow, somebody positive, right? Hmm. Not complaining, oh, this is uh, Christian, so uh, Christensen, he said, not complaining or anything, I don't play Pokemon, but don't the wisp look like Pokemon? (laughs) All right, Sega, I can't, I just can't wait to see the demo gameplay, wouldn't it be cool if they released this on Christmas? Go Sega, go Sega, go, go, go go Sega. Sega. (laughs) You know, it's funny that they, uh, that's the Sega uh, 60th anniversary, uh, it's go Sega, but uh, Yeah, right. Uh, What are your thoughts on the title being announced (laughs) out of the blue with no prior leaks? And uh, what do you think about people saying that the Wisp looked like Pokemon?
0: Well, I think the announcement coming out of the blue, it's probably something that the Seg of America social team really lobbied for. They're like, we want the blog to get a big big exclusive. Mm. Um, I believe, was Aaron Weber working there at the time correct? This wasn't during his hiatus. He was...
2: Well, I I think Um, it might be the hiatus because I look at the blog post and it just says EG Rivera who they are and this is Mallory, Sarah, and Kelly. So no mm, Aaron Okay,
0: interesting. Um, I I know, you know what? I think Aaron was doing a lot of Sonic 4 stuff at the time. But regardless, I think they probably lobbied hard to get a big reveal for the blog. Um, Mm -hmm. It also, I mean, so that makes sense. I think, you know, we're looking at 10 years ago on social media, so it's not like... I mean, Twitter, YouTube, those were things, but they were not, like, the place that you would do your big reveal. You wouldn't do a stream. You wouldn't do a Twitch stream. It was all about the blog. Oh, yeah. I mean, look at us. We, you know, Sonic, uh, or Sega Bits started in 2010. It was a blog. It still is a blog, but we do a lot more stuff now on YouTube, Twitter, social media. There's sometimes we do things and we're like, we don't even think of putting it on the site. (laughs) Yeah. but back then it was very different, so that makes sense. But it's also they they did make some stupid decisions back then too. Like when they were like, "Oh, Typing of the Dead's coming out," and they like did a blog post, and they're like, <laughs> "And it's available right now." And it's like, "Oh, okay." There's your marketing, you know? Like,
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I it, mean, I'm surprised that game yeah. even sold, even though like it was just released out of the blue, you know? Um, right.
0: Um, I, I think though with this one, it was smart because there were so many Sonic games at the time that instead of having like a year and a half to speculate. It was more just like, it's May, this is coming out holiday. And it worked out in the end. It's not like the game hit and was a big uh, bust for them. But Mm -hmm. I I do think these comments are very interesting. I think a lot of people couldn't wrap their heads around multiple teams. Like Sonic 4 was not made by Sonic Team. All-Stars Racing was not made by Sonic Team. And I think that's what they wanted to establish was... um, I mean, I know they wanted to do this. They wanted to have 2D Sonic games, so like Sonic 4, uh, 3D Sonic games, like Sonic Colors, and then the racing games. And that's kind of what they wanted to do for the future, and it didn't work out. It didn't happen. But uh, we, this is the result of their uh, attempt to have multiple Sonic games going on at the same time through multiple de- developers.
2: And talking about Having so many Sonic games. Before the release Uh of Sonic Colors, Sega wanted to fix the Sonic brand by delisting substandard Sonic games, a.k.a. games with bad reviews, from sale. Mm -hmm. According to Sega's Jurgen post, it was done to increase the value of the brand and would be more important in the future when Sega releases more Sonic games. Here's a quote of him explaining it. He said, We could make a lot of money on bad catalog Sonic titles but let's keep the number of sonic games available under control otherwise you can cannibalize if uh if there are 10 sonic games on the shelves with people seeing sonic rush ds or sonic rush adventure this this may not help our overall strategy uh what do you think about this at the time and do you think it was like Sega just like changing strategies on the whim, like it was like three years before this they released like five games. So it's, like the Storybook right. games, the DS games, the it's Sonic Four, and then the the you know the mainline games, and then they're like literally three years after they're like oh we fucked we screwed up guys, but yeah. thanks for the money uh, we're gonna have to take these right. off the shelf. Uh, do you think?
0: Um, it's weird, right? I, I mean, it makes sense though. We're we're looking at this from people who. As people who pick up like the latest Sega game on release. And like think of the last time you went to the game section for new releases or recent releases looking for a Sega title. It doesn't happen because we're the types who get these things on release. We get review codes, we get um, we buy our own copies. And the idea of going to a video game store and looking for a, the latest Sonic title is something I've never done because I know what the latest Sonic titles are. Um, But imagine, like, someone who is not plugged into this, someone like your mom is buying for, like, a kid who said he watched Sonic Boom and now wants to play a game. I mean, she shows up to the store, and what she's seeing is, like, ten years' worth of Sonic games, or five years' worth of Sonic games, and, you know, there might be some duds in there. There might be the uh, Platinum Collection of uh, Sonic Unleashed, but it's a kid who got into Sonic through Mario and Sonic, you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, it's just, it's, it, it was really a mess at the time in terms of just how many games are out there and the varying quality of them. So it makes sense. Uh, though I also, I don't like the idea of removing games because of review scores, just because Same. there are some great games out there that get poor scores. And I don't think that's a reason to pull them. Not oh, yeah. that I'm talking about Cyberpunk, but you know, <laughs> I like, think
2: it, I think it got good review scores. But still, I know yeah, I yeah. have to agree with you. Like, there's a, a, like you screwed up, right? You got to take ownership, right? We shouldn't have released so many Sonic titles, right? There are a lot of duds, right? Um, so I think it's good for them to do this for the brand. Uh, does it fix fix the brand? No, because going forward, you're supposed to release good good titles, and then they did Sonic Boom and stuff, and they made it even more confusing. So I, I mm-hmm. understand they're trying to do good here. And you know what? They released a lot of good Sonic titles during this time, even though there was like they were going crazy. I mean, we got uh, the All Stars Racing, and um, we got Unleashed. I think is pretty good step, and then we got this one. So like, mm-hmm. I think while they're pretending that this is the worst time ever, they were also releasing a lot of stuff. So uh, I also this...
0: think Sonic Four Episode Two was pretty good. I, like, yeah. it's not a great game, no, but it's... for for what it is, it's not bad.
2: People just wanted it to be exactly like Sonic Mania, you know, the physics and stuff. I, I, I get it. Mm-hmm. You're, you know, the, you're using Modern Sonic. It's weird. But, uh, I mean, at the time it wasn't weird, but now it is kind of weird. No. It's like looking back at it, yeah. it's like, why do you have green eyes, dude? Um, <laughs> e- uh, even though oh, – let's talk about the story. We're moving on to the story. Yes. The incredible story. Guys, incredible story. Even though Sonic Colors sort of kind of lacks a big narrative – the game had three writers attached to the project. Sonic Colors was written by Ken Pontak. Uh, is that how you say his name? Pontak, P- Pontek, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Warren Graf, and Yusushi Otaki. And uh, this would be one of the first times an American media writer worked on the franchise, right? Uh, right. Uh, Ken Pontak uh, wrote a kids show called Todd's World, Lazy Town. Yes, Lazy Town. And Happy Tree Friends, and created a spinoff called Pow Pow. Uh, Warren Graff, on the other hand, was just working on Happy Tree Friends, and I think Sega found these writers when they worked with them on uh, Happy Tree Friends False Alarm in 2008, a Xbox Live Ar- uh, Xbox Live Arcade game that Sega published, and like they made a huge deal about it. I remember when they published it, they were like all in on uh, Happy Tree Friends, like it was going to be the like a hu- I don't know if it's a big franchise. I don't know anything about it. I've never seen it. Even when the game came out, I never played it. Uh, on the other hand, uh, Otaki, the Japanese one, worked at Sega for uh, doing scenario writing, like for Fantasy Star Portable. He also worked on uh, Mario at the Olympic Games and Resonance of Fate and Sonic Free Riders. And then this project. Uh, what are your? Uh, you know what's funny about Sonic Free Riders? It is technically the first one to have the voice actors, the new voice actors, and it's the first one to have... Um, the new writers, I guess, like that's right. So Sonic Free Riders is really what, like, all the changes they did for the U.S. was done on Sonic Free Riders, but nobody remember played that. that, yeah, because I reviewed that. Yeah, nobody's I played it. Played. I reviewed you, it. you did, but yeah, asked. so it
0: was kind of fun because there were people going like, "Oh, what's it like? What are the voices like? What are the characters like?" And yeah, so going from Free Riders into this, I, I mean, it, it was a smooth transition, at least for me.
2: I, I, um, I should have said that Free Riders was the thing. I forgot about it. It's all right now.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
2: what are your opinions on Sega finally hiring someone from the West to write Sonic, uh, a Sonic game, but getting people that really only worked on TV? Uh, does a game mm-hmm. like Sonic really need three writers, or does it just really need one Ian Flynn? Like, <laughs> wouldn't that just do it?
0: Um... <sighs> I'll be honest. This is maybe an unpopular opinion Ooh. with like a majority of Sonic fans, but I here. don't care. <laughs> I don't care because like I'll see I'll see like I don't know. We're talking about like some new Sonic game coming out, and people go, "Gosh, I hope they I hope they fire Pontock and Graph. I hope they." And I'm like,
2: they're, "I they're have hated, no opinion
0: right? on this. I guess yeah. they don't like them. I just I don't I don't see why. Like to me, like." if a bad joke is in the cutscene or something, or if the game doesn't get super deep into Sonic lore, like, I don't care. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't blame the writers, and it's not something that really stresses me out. Like, I just, I don't care. These aren't guys dictating, like, the overall story, really. That that comes down to, um, you know, the people laying out the levels and the general uh, uh, direction That's of the, the game and... And then they task these writers with just stringing it together. It's not like it's not like Pontak and Graph are like, and then Sonic fights a boss that does this, and he's in a land that looks like chocolate. You know, like, that's what? not on them.
2: No. You and know, that's my, so and that's I, my... I
0: just, I don't care. <laughs> I don't.
2: That's my problem. Like, you can't make a narrative for a game where, like, you are there just as backup, like... Like we talked about the development of this game, they, they already had the mm-hmm. idea that it was going to be interplanetary. Uh, they probably already had the idea that Sonic was the only playable character. They already had the mm-hmm. idea that they were going to shorten the cast to only the bread and butter. They also had the right. idea that it was going to be more kiddish. So when they brought these people in, they're like, "All right, this is this is our vision as Sonic team. You make the dialogue and make it work." That's literally what they were doing, right?
0: And so I guess that's where where I'm coming from is it's like if if the writers have no control over all of those things and you just don't like them because a joke didn't land in a cutscene or you didn't like how Sonic and Tails like interacted verbally like it doesn't really bother me to be quite honest it just it doesn't
2: it's okay so to me it's crazy because like I was looking at Sonic Unleashed cutscenes because we're gonna be talking about the voice changes and it's crazy to me how bad some of the dialogue in Sonic Unleashed was. I'm like, w- who wrote this? It's like it's re- I, it's probably just a translation from the Japanese version, but it's like, oh, dude, no, what? No, these lines don't work. Sometimes there's parts that do right. work, and also the the they had no lip syncing either. So like sometimes like in Sonic Six, especially, they would be like, "Hey, Sonic," and then they like their mouth <laughs> wouldn't move. It, it's pretty funny. Um, Now that we know that we have three big boy writers taking the helm, let's read the synopsis of the story via Sonic Retro. Like I said, um, I'm being a little cocky in the writing of my notes here, but they didn't really have a control over this. So Eggman claims to have developed a sense of remorse after his lack of judgment in the past and decides to build his next massive amusement park. Dr. Eggman's amazing interstellar amusement park in space using the power of a small alien creatures knowing as swisp to power the interplanetary monstrosity while sonic instantly suspects eggman's evil intentions Tails believes he was genuinely ha- he's genuinely had a change change of heart so basically what i'm so- i'm gonna say like do you think they wrote this whole inter- like the the oh and sonic uh doesn't believe him, but Eggman believes him. Like these plots, these little plot points and stuff, have been used in other media. They've been used in comics. Mm-hmm. They've been so like to me when I read a lot of the stuff that was used here. We'll talk about mm-hmm. like Kubot and Orbot. It feels like whoever oh, I remember their, them. Whoever the writers were, they kind of just went back. You know, it's funny because people hate the writers because they don't know anything about or the way they characterize Sonic, but. It's weird that they took stuff from the past Sonic stuff, like the TV shows and stuff, like Cubot and Norbot. It's kind of like what uh-huh. is it, Scratcher and Grounder, and Scratch they kind and of grounder. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and they remixed it a little bit. And people are still mad, like they don't give them credit for little things like that. Like Cubot and Norbot have been a comedic duo in the franchises handled by many writers, and I think they become pretty popular. I don't know. What do you think? Like, uh, I mean, yeah,
0: I I, I think. I think they're cool characters. <laughs> I mean, um, no, I, I I'm have, not saying they're the best characters, no I'm just
2: saying, like, they did stuff where they went back and, like, grabbed aspects of Sonic stuff and they remixed it, I don't know, like, I feel like they don't get credit for that, they just go, like, these people don't know how to oh, write jokes.
0: Right, absolutely, because I think Cubot came about in this game,
2: so, mm-hmm. yeah, I think, one of them I, I did, think yeah. that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the other one was in uh, Unleashed, I think, but like a minor thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Like he wasn't called Orbot. He or maybe he was, but he was like a different color.
2: So let's move on to characters. Sonic Colors was uh, was also had a big change when its characters and its tone of characters. Sonic Colors is more vibrant uh, and shiny, mm-hmm. less with doom and gloom that Sonic Team usually injected in the franchise in Sonic Adventure Two. One big notable change: the English voice cast has been shaken up. All the four kids actors were replaced. Besides the legendary Eggman voice actor Mike Pollock, he's the only one that kept his job. Which, let's be honest with you, is it's, it's going to be like fifty years. We're going to have Mike Pollock the robot <laughs> voicing uh, Eggman, and right. yeah, we're going to have kids going like, and "Oh, you, you were there when human Pollock did the the voices." Yeah,
0: <laughs> I will say a little behind the scenes thing: Mike did re audition for his role.
2: Oh, he did! Wow, that's what I
0: heard. Yeah,
2: what a, what a man! Like, uh, I mean, I mean, it
0: was probably a lock, but I don't. I think any voice actor who's smart, working with different management or different, uh, you know, teams or something like that, they're not going to be like, oh, they know me.
2: I think they it's, like I, me. I think it's smart because it, it allows people to compete against him, and and if mm-hmm. there's somebody that brings something new to the table, you could change it on the whim. Obviously, they didn't Absolutely. find anything so let's uh so we'll talk about each character and specifically but what is your opinion on the uh, on the work by the four kids actors i do remember for the longest time when i joined the sega community on the forums and stuff during the mid-2000s everyone hated mm-hmm. them everyone i remember yeah. eh, oh my god there's so many people even though they like the game like even people that like sonic Go 6 is like yes but they need to take away the four kids actors so that was like always the thing
0: Right. I I was never a huge fan. I didn't like the idea that it was kind of tied into cartoon voices, like there was a whole um connection there. It wasn't it didn't really feel like Sega hiring the best of the best, but more just like contractually having to use the same stable of people. Um I I was not a huge fan of Sonic's voice, Shadow's voice. Oof. Um I was never um one of those, I've never been a diehard fan of any of the voice actors. Like, you'll see people going, oh, they need to bring Jason back, though. And I'm like, that is never, ever happening. Yes. Um, you know, it's just it's not going to happen. They're not going to do a big shake-up. So I don't know why you're standing for this guy who did Sonic, you know, like, 11 years ago. But again, just like the, the writers, like, I feel like Sonic Colors, there are aspects to it that fans are very passionate about when it comes to, like, writing and voice acting and it's an area I'm I'm I know a lot about but care very little about. Um but I will say I think Roger Craig Smith was the first one to really make me my ears perk up and go, Oh, this is a professional. Yeah. Uh, and I honestly think I honestly think he elevated the rest of the cast. I think when you see him doing work and maybe I'm I'm skipping ahead here, but when you see him doing work with Mike Pollack, like doing the um Sonic Boom stuff or doing the social media stuff where they're just like riffing on the fly. I think they really work well off of each other, and I think he elevates Mike's performance because Mike is working with someone who is just as, if not better, a voice actor. You know, like I feel like they're trying to outdo each other, whereas I feel like with the Four Kids cast, it was kind of like Mike just going through the motions as he does with some of his other characters.
2: Uh, so. I think I think it's, you know, I, I do appreciate that Jason is still within the community. He still ha- talks to yeah. Sonic fans. He still does voices for fan right. work. I appreciate yeah. that. I think there's a lot of, like, love for, and, like, I don't know. I, maybe he likes doing it. I, I, I mean, like, I have no idea what right. it's all about. But, like, and I'm sure he misses doing Sonic. I mean, I'm sure it's a nostalgic time in his life. Um, but I have to agree with you. Roger Craig Smith, at first I was, like, I don't know, man. Something about his voice doesn't work. But now that I've been listening to it more and comparing it to other actors, I have to agree with you. I think it's kind of hard to get away from him, especially with the Sonic Boom stuff and how much fun he was having during that. It was like right. everyone in the cast seemed to be like enjoying mocking these characters and doing these cool... like Just doing the voices, you know? And, right, like, for sure. And I shoes. think also
0: uh, Roger and especially Mike, they now kind of have the distinction of playing multiple versions of the character i mean you look at boom you look at the games you look at um i mean technically wreck it ralph when roger played sonic in that that's a different sonic that's like the wreck it ralph universe sonic so it's it's just they've been doing it for so long that it's kind of it gives me whiplash when i watch the sonic movie and i'm like where's roger he's done it in everything else um Uh
2: I thought that the movie know. did a decent job, you know, doing his own. Like, I wouldn't yeah. say it's terrible. Like, I think another person that... I mean, what do you think about uh, the guy that did um, um the Saturday morning cartoons? Uh, the guy from Family Matters. Oh,
0: Jaleel White. I think he did a great job, but I think he was definitely, like, the voice of Americanized 90s Sonic. Like, when I hear that, he fits for that time period and for that type of the, type, uh, of the character. But I cannot see that voice coming out of another Sonic and that's why it was so jarring when, remember Nostalgia Critic did (laughs) like a trailer for a Sonic movie and it was like, when when the Eggman came everyone got into big trouble and you're like, oh my god this is cringy, this is so bad
2: (laughs) I mean, the Nostalgia Critic is cringy, I mean, that's his brand so
0: Jaleel White voicing like a, a modern realistic looking Sonic did not work
2: no um, did not work
0: but let's dive into this I'm looking forward to talking about this Roger Cra- I, have already I was gonna
2: say Roger Craig Smith done. is a handsome man not just a handsome man but mm-hmm. also a man of talent the man's been has been Batman he's been uh the guy from Assassin's Creed 2 I don't know I don't know the guy's name I forgot it uh, he's played mm-hmm. Italian men he's played buff men he's played blue boys today we're gonna be yeah. listening to Jason first uh Jason Griffith is that how you say his name his last name mm-hmm uh, this is him in Sonic Unleashed. Uh Let's pl- let's play his eleven second clip. Just a couple of lines I put together. Yo, mm-hmm. Thanks for that little skydiving adventure the other day.
1: What are you doing out here? Is everyone here all right?
2: Uh What do you think about his his voice work? It's works
0: fine. Out? It's serviceable.
2: It's serviceable. I'm not getting hating no me, but Sonic sounds a little bored. He could have like amped them up, you know? Let me let me play some of uh, our uh, our new guy, Roger Craig Smith in Sonic Colors. We? I don't remember you fighting off any insane robots. Good point. Either way, we can get out of this crazy place and go home. The middle, We are the party. I think we're their guests of honor. He And he starts breakdancing in the clip. Anyway, what yeah, is your thoughts... I mean,
0: Maybe it's the writing. I don't know. Maybe I am wrong about the writers, but I think in the in the positive sense, just I feel like they gave him a little more to work with because, but then again, Roger just gives a little more character to the voice. It's not just like, um, man, like going back to the Jason one, it's just like, is everyone all right? Are you okay? Good. And then with uh, Roger, it's more conversational. He's like, boy, look at you. Wow. blah blah blah, 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 blah You know, like he's, He's a little more cocky. He's got a little more character to the voice, um, and I, I don't know. Maybe I'm biased. Maybe I do like Roger more than any of the other ones because he's the only one who's done an interview with us.
2: Oh, um, that would do it. That would do it. <laughs> that him. would
0: do it. But I mean, he's been in the Yaku- Yakuza like a dragon. He played one character. He also was in um, Valkyria he, Chronicles. You know, as we as we talked to him about, he voiced um, Vice when he cameoed in Valkyria Chronicles. Um, And, you know, you were talking about Sonic Freeriders. I think Roger's first appearance was in that Sonic-themed hotel room. Remember that? That's what mm-hmm. it was. Where you, at Alton Towers, you would get a Sonic room and you went in. And Sonic would be like, Welcome to Alton Towers! I'm Sonic the Hedgehog! Whoa! Check out the consoles! But the um, audio was messed up when they installed it in the room and it was pitched down.
2: And uh, so people were
0: freaking out, going, "Oh my god, they gave Sonic a low voice!" Because he goes, "Check out the consoles,
2: wow!" So <laughs>
0: do he, you remember he, that?
2: Yeah, 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 I do remember that. But I was gonna say his voice is pretty unique. But he has a like this, like oh, for uh, sure, I, I, like even the voice for uh, the movie. I mean, I I I thought he did a good job. But, like, I do agree with mm-hmm. you that Roger got a lot better lines, and I think that has to do with the new writers they came in. I think they were just mm-hmm. doing the dialogue and just pitch uh like you said putting things together and i like i know people hate it but it's like pl- please look at the script for unleashed and look at the script for colors and please don't tell me that it's objectively better watching right. them like kid around with each other like the other one it, like when you watch Unleashed, you would be like hey sonic oh no i'm scared i'm tails you know all the time always scared And this one they right. have a banter back and forth i kind of like that i mm-hmm. mean i'm not saying it's mm-hmm. perfect i'm not saying it's perfect but it's no, but it that's what it. made
0: Sonic Boom work so well. Is because they really gave a lot of character to the characters, and they weren't just like templates for hero, villain, sidekick. It was more like they'd work off of each other, and and like I said again, be a little more conversational. It just I feel like I could sit down and talk for an hour with About Roger this. Craig Smith playing uh-huh. Sonic, yeah. and it would be fun. <laughs> you oh <know>? yeah,
2: <laughs> but we have to move on to Tales. Okay, let's do it. Tales. In this game is by Kat, Kate Higgins, who replaces hmm. Amy. Uh, how do you say your last name? Plant or Palant? And uh, mm-hmm. she and even Kate was replaced in 2014 by Colleen. Oh, here o, you go. oh God, Sue Hennessy. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I word. like
0: Colleen. Oh God, a Colleen. Oh, oh God. It's oh
2: God <laughs> show,
0: um, Shaughnessy. Shaughnessy. Um, yeah, okay. let's.
2: Man, why do, you, to why, 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 why do you gotta have a name like that man? Why you gotta f- fuck me up like that Alright this is Sonic 06 I couldn't find a lot of uh, Tales from Sonic Unleashed that was good dialogue Cause it was, it was like him being scared Which is sad mm-hmm. because he didn't have that much I think Chip took his His little like Sonic's buddy He gimmick. kinda did you're yeah. right So here we go from Sonic 06
1: Sonic I'm glad you're here I heard that you tried to save their princess from Dr. Eggman. You're going to rescue her, aren't you? Let me help. I may not know what Eggman's up to, but it can't be a good thing.
2: How did that make you feel, dude? Whatever. Nothing? <laughs> I mean, it's just like... <laughs> Pretty boring. Uh,
1: I am a know a snot-nosed kid. I don't know any Well, matter. you
2: know,
0: as we've seen here, Tails has been voiced by women... Always. a lot uh it, almost always the the TV shows the old TV shows Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog had a, a child do it who famously everyone thought died and then uh-huh. I called like Hollywood while I was at work and I sorted it out
2: oh no <laughs> so, everyone. he's not dead
0: yeah he's uh, not dead but um but yeah it's it's if you've watched cartoons for as long as I have it's just like the stock female little boy voice where they It's a, it's a, like, it's a woman who can talk like this, but add a little rasp to it. So it's like, hi, my name's Tails. You know, like, it's, I can't do it. I'm not a woman, but it it is something that, um.
2: Kind of reminds me of, like, when you you see, like, these, uh, the older actors of The Simpsons do the voice randomly. That's how kind of you sound. Like, I'm trying to do Bart. Well, yeah,
0: I mean, that's, that's how, that's how all the, the kids on The Simpsons, like Nelson. Like, that's just your classic raspy woman voice. Or even um, man, what's her name from uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm? Who's always swearing? She's played a lot of characters too. Oh, really? Um, on Nickelodeon I, shows. Um,
2: she's my favorite character. You know from, the one who's uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Him, her, and the, and the black guy. I mean the black. I don't remember his name, but the black guy that lives with him. Hilarious mm-hmm. actors, both of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah.
0: But you know, it, it is what it is. It's it's very stock. Female little boy voice actor voice, but um, I want to hear Kate.
2: Yeah, Higgins. let's take let, let's listen to Kate Higgins, who we listened to the XX Tales voice actor. We're going to listen to the X Tales voice because she's not Tales anymore. But this.
1: With all the generators destroyed, we can blow this joint and head home. We did it, dude. True. Well. Good job to you on inventing a translator that allowed us to speak to the aliens and figure out exactly what we needed
2: to do so we weren't running around the park looking like idiots. <laughs> oh no, wait. That was me. Uh, That's Tails in Sonic Colors. What do yeah. you... Like, the, the dialogue's a lot better. It's He's, fine. He has, like, self-deprecating humor where he says, oh, we're not... You know what I mean? The little things like that add a lot more because yeah. Tails has always been kind of badly written. It's dialogue Yeah, I,
0: I think that voice is easier on the ears, too. It's less whiny. It's more natural-sounding. It's, it's um, you know, I know I try to do a lot of voices on this show. I can't replicate it, but it's the difference between going like, Oh, Sonic! Blah, blah, blah. To, Hey, Sonic! Blah, 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 blah. Like, I could listen to that a lot more than some of the cra- crazier, earlier Tales voices we had. Um but the, Colleen took over since then. And didn't Colleen do the Sonic movie tales, too?
2: Yeah, that's Maybe what I that's what I heard, but I, I'm not 100% sure she reprised the role for that. But they have a new person after Boom, right, in 2014? Um, so, um, Or am I wrong no. on
0: that?
2: Is she still doing it? I right?
0: think you're... No, no, Colleen did Boom and Colleen did the Sonic movie tales. So I think, um, you know, this is for 2021 or 2022 when we start talking about it, but... I think the big drama is going to be if they recast Tails in the second Sonic movie. Oof. I think that's going to be the drama. If they're like, oh, we're going to bring in Miles, the kid who plays Spider-Man. You know?
2: <laughs> oh, God. what? what mm. Dude, what is up with every movie studio having a boner for him, dude? It's like, oh, uh, Stop it. You stop, dude, I do he was like in this like he, he did a netflix movie with this book that i that i read that was weird i was like okay I, I don't know it's just he's everywhere i mean good for the guy but i don't want him to voice any characters like like t- dude the dude is in his 20s he's not a kid like what just like yeah i don't get it Anyway. the next guy is the legendary i mean do i even we even have to talk about mike pollock here at this point he's the best no nope. he we know who he is let's go next cubot and orbot uh it's so okay I guess this is the most original idea in the cast. They didn't have any other friends, so it's like... It, it reminds me of Scratch and Grounder from The Adventures of Sonic and uh, Sonic the Hedgehog. Orbot and mm-hmm. q Bob were voiced by uh, K- uh, Kirk Thornton and Wally w- uh, K- uh Kirk is known because he did Shadow the Hedgehog's voice. So mm-hmm. they're reusing him. Um, nothing really much to say. I think their comedic timing is good. I was going to put a clip here, but... I don't think we need to. We're not comparing the voices. I just think they did a right. great job. I think their, their comedic timing is really good. I, I just didn't think that someone that voiced Sonic the Hedgehog would be so funny, you know? Right. Yeah, that was what <laughs> took me by surprise. So uh, what do you think about the cast of characters? And do you think maybe they had some time like to grow the cast? Like maybe add someone like Shadow, even if a comedic joke, you know?
0: Right. Yeah, no, I I mean I I think it's it's a solid cast. It's a small cast. I think it actually if anything I think the one place where the game falls fall, falters a bit in terms of like story and stuff is that the theme park itself felt very empty. You didn't see anyone there. Yeah. Um and I, I think it would have helped to have NPCs around to really fill the place out and that's something you see in the DS version here where they actually have Sonic's friends appearing as NPCs, like Big the Cat and stuff. So it it really felt like all of Sonic's friends were going to this amusement park, and Sonic was not only uh, stopping Eggman, but also saving his friends. And I think that would have been a plus, but then again they would have had to find voice actors for every single Sonic character, which they just weren't prepared for at the time.
2: Oh yeah, and it would have been sick to see like... Because they were trying to make Eggman on this thing, like a, a what do they call it, Machiavellian character, where he's like, I'm a good guy, guys, I'll give you everything you want, this is my, you know, my my, uh, thing, have fun. It would have been sick watching Dumb Knuckles go like, oh look, he gave me a place to put my Master Emerald, like, I'm chill here, this is pretty sick. And like, just have everybody (laughs) like, brainwashed into it, watching Sonic go like, what are you guys doing? And like, falling for Eggman's trick, you know, that would have been... Uh, it would have been interesting they, they could have added characters but maybe for sonic colors for two, sure maybe for sonic colors too let's talk about oh. gameplay don't want to keep the episode super long so we're just going to go through it the game is basically 3d sonic boost with some restrictions they restricted the gameplay and i think it's probably for the best because it for me when i first played unleashed figuring out when to drift and when to not use boost and stuff was kind of hard so, they did these mm-hmm. things where, like, when you do certain things, you can't boost, you know? So, Sonic, uh, Sonic Boost is back, but now it's refilled with uh, White Wisp instead of uh, en- uh, Ring Energy. Uh, Quick mm-hmm. Step uh, are now locked to areas, and uh, so, like, grinding and stuff, it's locked. You can't just do it whenever you want. Drift sections are similar, mm-hmm. they've been, you know, just dedicated uh, sections to uh, drift. Also, during these drift sections and Quick Step, you can't use drift according to the notes some other little Hmm. things about level design such as games being bigger for users to explore and uh and some of them are like puzzles uh which is kind of like it's like mario coming back to the mario thing and uh interesting note that the levels are more vertically designed than horizontal um so what do you think about like the shorter experimental puzzle levels and stuff. Do you think that we could have cut those out and like just stick to the bread and butter exploration
0: bits? <laughs> I'm glad you brought that up because before we recorded I was I opened my um, my Wii game case and I showed you this and I was like, George, what do you think this is? Because even I was trying to like figure it out. I was like, these are not game genie codes.
2: Definitely not um,
0: what these actually are is at the time, I don't know if I figured it out or someone on maybe like the Sonic Stadium forums posted it, but these are the stages or the acts per area that play like platformers that aren't puzzles. And so for me, it was like I would play the puzzle, I'd be like, oh, that was amusing, and I'd never go back and play it again. I'm the same way with the missions in um, Sonic Generations. Like, I very rarely go up and start playing those again. mm mm-hmm. um, And so here, I really loved the game, but I did not love playing this guessing game of am I getting a platformer or am I getting a puzzle stage? So that's where I put this in there. So I was like, okay, one, two, three, you know, one, two, three, four. Um, Yeah, that's me. So um, they were fine. Um, I I kind of prefer the way Generations did it, though, where they were treated more like secondary missions so that you didn't have to hunt around and hope you were getting more of a, um, a platformer stage. But as you see, I'm going to open it again. Sorry for all the clicking. At mm. the very least, you've clicking. got between typically three platforming stages per area, yeah. um, with only one of them having two. So that was pretty good. Like That's on par with uh, Sonic the Hedgehog 1, if anything. Um, click, click.
2: I so. I have to agree. I think that they did a decent job for it being the first time trying to trying something new. I think there's nothing wrong with trying something new. I think you're right. You can't have it as the main narrative of a game. Like mm-hmm. there has to be a speed. Like the, when they did the Werehog, it just like throws the balance off. Like I feel the same way with Sonic Adventure Two when you like have to play as Eggman and stuff. I think Sonic Adventure One like makes Sonic its own thing right mm-hmm. and if you want to do this extra mario stuff make it extra like that's the best way to handle it in my opinion it, nobody could complain people could skip it if they don't want to do it and you know it's not forced on them Absolutely. in the story but uh let's get yeah. into some of the wisps Whisp. we got the white wisps it gives you uh, boost uh, meter juice we got
0: boost juice
2: boost juice and this is like the typical wisp that people think about just the the eye with the little like it looks like an octopus and, you know, they're from mm-hmm. Japan. Oh, I so. got them here. It, oh, there you go. Wow, you, I didn't know you had the plushie of them. Scion Whips. Yeah. Turns Sonic into a laser, allowing fast. him to re- ricochet off walls and go through diamond-shaped prisms. Then we got... The Yellow wisp Turns Sonic into a drill that could drill through certain surfaces, allowing him to access other paths. We got the... Wow, pink whips gives Sonic a long pointy spikes that allows him to stick to walls. Also, those wisps is only is the only means in which Sonic can spin dash in the Wii version of Sonic Colors. This is a Wii only, mm-hmm. uh, Wisps. Green whips, I think I, I, I skipped the orange one, but. Turn Sonic into a balloon-like green orb that allows him to hover and pl- uh, perform the ring dash. Wii only, too. Mm-hmm. The blue uh, turns into, uh, Sonic into a heavy block that crushes anything under it. It also creates platforms that turn blue rings into walkable platforms or vice versa, we only. Uh, purple Wisps turns Sonic into a whips-like figure that uh, moves forward, eating enemies and blocks, growing larger the more he consumes. And there was obvious, obviously the orange one that turns him into a rocket that makes him blast higher in high, to reach higher areas. So some of these whips... Our power-ups are kind of like, like the purple wisp that kind of looks like a – I think it looks like a cool design. That's like mm-hmm. a power-up, like, kind of like a star from Mario, but instead it has a little gimmick of you eating the bad guys. While some of them mm-hmm. were like just blasting so you could reach other areas. Do you think Do you think this kind of like worked, works or do you think they should be more focused or like – is there a wisp where you're like, ah, oh, this wisp was stupid. They shouldn't have done this power at – And it's broken. I
0: I thought the Wisps, by and large, were were very good. Um, I like the idea of them kind of replacing special skills that you would learn um, in, like, the Sonic Adventure games. So instead of always being able to do a certain skill, you would only be able to do it if you had the power-up, which is not a bad thing. Um, And I think, for the most part, too, they kind of replicate things you could have done as other characters. So, like, Knuckles Chaotix... There was a lot of like wall running and and crazy things like that and hovering and flying. So to have them now have Sonic be able to do things that uh, his friends were able to do in the past, again, I think really works well. I think my only problem is there's so many wisps mm. that I was un- like I when I'm looking at the cover art here, I can't really remember what some of the actions are. You know what I yeah. mean? Like when I look at Flame, I know what I'm getting, but when I look at rocket versus the fire versus the drill like things like that like they all look the same to me um so it's not very intuitive in that sense but i think once you play it long enough you're going to learn what they do and and it's not going to be a problem so
2: you think uh, that's maybe, yeah no,
0: i i like them you think like that maybe
2: them. that's why they didn't add them into uh sonic all-stars racing uh or Maybe. the other one because they're like oh if you get the purple one what does that mean like they could have just made it like he makes you into a ghost you know like the purple one looks like a i don't know weird haunted wisp i don't know
0: yeah like sonic dies when he touches it
2: yeah or something like i don't know, <laughs> I don't know. It, no. they have a look but they, they probably would have changed the powers but yeah, let's yeah. talk about some of the stages in this game uh it's let's not that. there's not that many stages in this game it's more focused like i said before uh, the first one is the one everybody knows tropical resort it looks like a green hill zone type of lush forest level, but in an amusement mm-hmm. park. Uh, the opening stage of Sonic colors the green paradise with lush vegetation is the world's entryway to planetary theme park. This is from the website uh, and then we mm-hmm. got the second level sweet mountain and this is probably the level mm-hmm. that gave I also put the picture of the d s versions of the game so you guys wanted to see and if you guys are watching the video. Sweet Mountain is mm-hmm. one of the most I think hated when I remember when the screenshots came out of this they're like this is literally a Mario game look at it because of mm-hmm. this level I don't know I don't know why this level set them off but a a world set high beyond the clouds beats your eyes on the delicious world of Sweet Mountain surrounded by lollipops and tasty treats this is a world to remember uh then we have a star uh starlight carnival which is kind of like as close as you get to a uh casino casino stage right yeah uh yeah. With, with the array of colors set amongst the stars starlight carnival features a parade of electric spaceships that sonic must race through
0: i love that one
2: yeah so do i uh planet wisp i thought this was an interesting level because it kind of looks like really open and it i'm gonna be honest with you sonic colors is probably one of the nicest looking wii games uh haters come at me but i think it looks great (laughs) i think people that were complaining about the graphics and art style uh, i mean you you guys can have your opinions and i'm cool with that but like i have to disagree on that but um this is the home of the wisp a huge variety of fauna and mysterious vegetation uh then we got the water level aquarium Mm. park the Korean Park is an under, underwater playground surrounded by blue seas with many different hidden slash secret path areas. There is always something new to find. In fact, every experience here is almost feel like a different one every time.
0: The uh, music in that one, I think, is the best. The, I love the, the music. M- in the music's al- so relaxing.
2: The music's always like Sonic Team. I mean, they can make son- bad Sonic games, but put the soundtrack on and tell me that any of the soundtracks are bad. Come on. Absolutely. Uh, then we got, um, Asteroid Coaster, and, like, hmm. if you look at the DS version, there's, like, very, like, it looks like a, uh, like, what do they call those things? The, they had them in, uh, mine carts from Sonic, <laughs> Sonic 4, yeah. yeah. The action-packed mm-hmm. world set in the asteroid fields runs on roller coaster rails that's all he's told you about that awesome. level Awesome. and then I don't know why I couldn't find this uh, screenshot for this level and a bigger screenshot and I don't know why I didn't put the notes but it's the space, the final one, the space one, what's it called? Uh,
0: isn't it Terminal Velocity? Term.
2: Yeah, Terminal Velocity, I didn't have anything to do with it but what do you think about this level? And it looks totally different it's... on the DS version
0: Yeah, no, it, it looks like the end of Sonic Adventure 2, like exactly
2: Yeah yeah, that's actually what it reminded me of too. <laughs> so it's funny because it even doesn't it even have the gravity gimmick, or am I going, or am I yeah. think of a different one? Okay,
0: um, uh, it might. Yeah,
2: um, and then the last one is the multiplayer. Uh, this is I think kind of underrated because right. I thought I thought it was pretty interesting, but a multiplayer game playing inside a Eggman simulator where you actually had level designs taken from past games. Such as Green Hill Zone, Spring Yard Zone, etc, this is another big yes. stage and mode that I found underrated what's your opinions on this mode and there was one on the ds i
0: i i mean i don 't claim to be the person, but I was one of the first people to catch that because there were screenshots and there were videos of the multiplayer and I was like there's something about that opening and and then I was like, and this was I think on the Sonic Stadium forums because this was twenty ten uh, maybe I was posting on Segabits too but I was like guys this is Green Hill and then I started to think is the next one Spring Yard and I'm like it is and so I actually was posting I was taking screenshots and then when the game would move a little more I'd take another screenshot and I stitched it together to prove it mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I was getting a lot of likes oh yeah <laughs> you know? the
2: likes like, those are my favorite
0: yeah yeah but that was my that was my big uh, message board claim to fame was figuring that out that and I honestly I feel like this is the biggest ball that Sonic team has dropped. I know people go, "Oh, bring back the Chao Garden, bring back bring back this. This is such an awesome idea where Eggman is simulating Sonic in order to like test his his traps and things. Like I love that. I, and I don't know why this isn't like a spin-off game where it's like Eggman Sonic Simulator. Like why not? Our, that would be awesome.
2: Like they're always looking for extra content for future games. Can why don't they just like take design levels from the past like and remake mm-hmm. them with boost like can you imagine where you, you're dropped into a Sonic 2 level but it's re kind of mixed so you could work with yeah. boost like they could do little things like or they could just make it 2D and use the same physics for Mania right and just make a 3D Sonic Absolutely. game where you replay old you know old levels it's all it's all there already you know it's it's, Absolutely. it's really smart but uh the last one is the DS exclusive special stage which is basically a half pipe you know from sonic 2 slash yeah but whatever. it plays like sonic rush where you have to use the um the stylus and touch screen you know how that goes um it's fine it, yeah. It's it's it, it's serviceable <laughs> i mean it works but uh promotion sega mm. really went all out uh with the sonic the hedgehog promotion for uh sonic colors we will be talking about some of the events but first, let's look at the TV commercials that aired. These were both 30 seconds. They did two. I'm assuming one was after it came out because it has ratings in it on it. So let's mm-hmm. look at uh this is wait, is this the US. Yeah. Mm, yeah. The first one, I'll play it now. It's it's kinda like the trailer. Mm-hmm. Sonic's on his most colorful adventure ever.
0: And all the and power up. I forgot how good the CG work was. Oh,
2: yeah. Pre-order now at GameStop. A cool Sonic <laughs> Dude, I, I yeah, have that. This,
0: <laughs> this is where the hat became really popular. I this forgot is, about that. This
2: is where the meme came from, where everybody's wearing them and stuff. And then we'll talk about the event. I mean, I don't think there's actual, like... Pictures at on the blog But if you I'll, I'll Google search it And then we'll, I'll show you guys on the yeah. If you guys are watching yeah, the video yeah. Here's a second commercial This one probably aired after I'm not sure how, how long But it has like The reviews obviously Sonic Yeah beat There's fast And then there's Sonic fast The high speed hedgehog is back Zooming across ceilings and and rocket know yeah. the Yeah. Sonic Colors. Faster than a speeding you-know-what. What? You-know-what? Faster than a
0: speeding bullet? Oh, yeah. I guess they couldn't say bullet. No, but... Because uh, a kid's game.
2: Yeah, what do you think about, uh... This is the first time um, you said that the Sonic movie abuses the speed. But look at how fast he is, dude! The bullet's still going through the apple, and he's reading tr- the book.
0: That's true. Um, yeah, I said in the past that the Sonic movie treats Sonic like he's the Flash, where he can actually like operate in normal speed mm-hmm. in like Speedy time. But no. Uh, This was when, also in marketing for, um, I remember All-Stars Racing did it. This did it, obviously, where they really pushed the Sonic costume. And I think that was playing off of what worked with Crash Bandicoot, like, 10 years earlier. Um, So, yeah, that was kind of their meme at the time. I completely forgot about that, where Sonic in the costume was in the commercials. And that commercial also reminds me of the Sonic Adventure 2 commercials, where it was, like, lab tests, but they were real hedgehogs. you remember that?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was going to show yeah. you. Uh, That's I'm, cool. Let me send you this. This oh, I don't know how I can send it. Oh, man, I don't know. I wanted to send you this real quick, but I don't know how to. See. Let me see. Is it it's a gonna, gift card? No, it's gonna. It's gonna. Oh, people okay. are gonna see our conversation, <laughs> dude. Oh let shit! Me see it. All the bad stuff you said. Um, right there, it's the giddy images of the event from New York. I just wanted to have you to have them on there because we're gonna be talking about them in. After we talk about the Japanese So the Japanese literally just copied the American one So I don't even know if we need to see it But uh, I do want you to listen to them talking Japanese over it So I'll play it yeah, now Yeah, I want
0: to see that
1: Yeah Dream Dream
2: Spike! <laughs> Spike, <laughs> Spike yeah. yeah. Colors! <laughs> so they just call this on a Colors, Man. right? It's like, okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I like you're still laughing about the... Poor guy, dude. I mean, that's how they, they advertise in Japan. They just scream at you. So uh, Sega also put together a big-budget in-person event uh which was uh november 4th 2010 they did a sonic colors themed ice skating event in bryant park in new york city um so i don't know like what's your opinion on these like in-person events i know sego was doing these in the mid in the 2000s like they did right. a, they did like a playboy event for bayonetta where they all like they got all the journalists to come to the playboy mansion they did this one uh-huh. they also did one for sonic boom that you went to And, uh, like, I know it's cool for us as writers to go and, like, get our ass kissed by, like, Sega and give us wine and dine us and call call us, you know, good names. But, like, do you think it's. (laughs) Like, nobody remembers this stuff. Does the marketing work for this?
0: Um, Well, I will say that I remember. Because at the time I was living in Philadelphia. So I was always really annoyed that. Of course, Sega being based in California, they would always do West Coast events. Very rarely did they do uh, East Coast events. And all of a sudden they're like, hey, we're doing a Sonic Colors event in New York City. And for me, that's like uh, three hours just taking a couple trains, which is totally doable. But the problem is, if you look at this blog post, it's October 26th and the event's November 4th. And as someone, you know, like who's working a day job, that's very difficult to suddenly go, all right, in one week I'm going to New York for the weekend. Like, they really should have given more time. And I also think they should have reached out to people like us and said, hey, we're holding an event and we would love for you guys to come. You know, like, you don't have to pay for anything, but just, like, give us a little more lead time and we would have gladly been there. But instead... I, I honestly I think the event was probably a bit of a flop yeah um just because no one talks about it um well, it, it, it sounds really fun though like free ice skating and and other stuff like,
2: and, it, and it, like being, cool I think the idea of being in an event for a game you know like this it's like it's a little historic I mean like you can see the pictures here uh one of the memes obviously this is giddy image uh, they did this is that like they all have the sonic hat the pre-order one like I remember watching right. them I'm like It's like an army of Sonic fans, right? And it looks kind of small, to be honest with you, for New York. But, I mean, just looking at an event like this, it kind of makes me jealous that we're living in 2020 where we can't do this anymore. But look how fun it would be to go out and... um, at least hang out with people. Oh, I'm there. You know what I mean? They hang out with people from the sites yeah, and stuff. Yeah. But this was more aimed at kids, so they could go out and the parents could be like, oh, I guess I'll buy them Sonic Colors this Christmas. There's
0: someone kissing.
2: Yeah, there's a, there's like a, in the beginning, there's these uh, couple, younger couple kissing. So that bothers hey, you. Boy. Sonic, Sonic fans
0: cats. kiss during Sonic Colors. <laughs> Is that what it
2: says? All right. Yeah. That's cool. I mean, that could have been me and you, Barry, right there, but nope. Here we are. No, nope,
0: can't do it. <laughs> can't do. I don't it. want to give you the COVID.
2: Not anymore. I mean, remember when you could kiss people? What happened? Oh, I
0: remember kissing Sonic fans at Sonic events.
2: Oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, you had to keep you. Had to keep you away. But it's so. Uh, it's cool. Yeah. It's cool. It's cool. So um, one thing you wanted to talk about, and I added it to the notes, is the toys, or at least first, is the Sonic Colors UK release with a wisp, two wisp, yes. the orange wisp. And the, I forgot the other one, Scion. Scion. Mm-hmm. And uh, they came in a box. This was exclusive to the UK where they, I think they mm-hmm. misspelled the name of the game. It's, it has, it's, it's like, it has an extra letter on it. What do you think about that?
0: Yeah. They love adding you to things like flavors, um, favorites, yeah. you know, all those sorts of things. Uh, um, it's just something they do.
2: You think they but, just don't know how uh, to spell? I'm embarrassed to tell them at this point.
0: I don't know. I don't know what to say. It's it's just something they do. But yeah, the figures... So at the time, uh, Jazzwares were, ja, jazz were handling Sonic toys. And so they had these figures where it was like magnetic hands. But then they also had, and I think it might show here too, um, they had a Sonic action figure as well mm. that I think was in the West that was in like a Sonic... Themed Sonic Colors themed box, and that's like 150 bucks on eBay now. Oh,
1: shit. Um,
0: so if you think Sonic, uh, uh, you know, if you think like Saturn games are expensive, just look at the prices of you know five year old Sonic action figures. Um, uh, did you have some other images to show or should I yeah, go yeah, into yeah, the no, comic no, real no, quick? No,
2: no, no, we could we have the uh Sonic Colors, it looks like fake action figures featuring Amy Tails. Sonic, me, metal Sonic, uh, has Charmy B on it too from Sonic Heroes. Uh, what do you? What's this?
0: Um, this is a weird bootleg <laughs> that I found. Um, I don't know why it exists, but it just made me. Do laugh. you own it? No, I don't. Oh I wish God. I did. Look how beautiful! I would. I would buy any. I have never bought a bootleg Sonic thing, but if I if I see it, I will.
2: I mean, when I when COVID opens up, I'm going to start going and looking for just bootleg stuff and just making videos on bootleg gear like look at this bootleg merchandise i think there's, there's a market for it dude um absolutely then there's this other sonic colors with new. um this one has like uh, i'm assuming it's the same figure but it's just like mm-hmm. uh, outside all right and then we have this plush i think
0: oh yeah 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 there's the plush thing yeah um
2: so, so you want to talk about I the mean, comics
0: Yeah, I'll talk about this. I mean, I had this thing, too. You know, these were... um, I think someone on Sonic Stadium had a whole bunch of these little wisps, Mm. so they sent one in the mail. Um, But then, yeah, so uh, what the um, Archie Sonic would do is that when there was a game coming, instead of adapting it into the ongoing story, they would just post, like, at the end of an issue or in a special issue, um, a thing where it said, like, in another time, in in another place, which is basically them saying in the game canon... And so they would do, like, the opening cutscene or the moments before the game started. Um, and it would be, you know, written by Ian Flynn, pencils by Tracy Yardley. So if you ever were like, oh, I wish Ian Flynn would do the games, like, there's Ian Flynn doing the games. It's pretty interesting. Um, but, you know, it's just it's just got, like, some fun banter between the characters, a little bit of action. Um and then and then it would just end after, like, four pages. And it would say, <laughs> like it? Play the game. And I always wished that this is what the comics were. Um, and nine. this is actually a, a, a collection of them. It's called Sonic Select. This is book nine, the games. So it's actually just, like, a collection of promo comics promoting all of the different games. And I think it's really cool. Like, I actually really like this, like, Sonic Jump comic, Sonic 4, which is a prequel... Um, even there's something in here that I believe was originally digital, which is the Sonic and the Secret Rings oh. um, comic. So it's the only time that that's been in print. Uh, it was like on a DVD or something. Sonic Rush Adventures in here. So, you know, this is what IDW Sonic is now, where it's basically the games and then stories told between the games, which I love. Um, so if you if you want to check this out, look for it. It might be super expensive now, though. Um, but yeah, so Sonic Colors had a, a decent amount of merchandise, and then moving forward, it appeared a lot in racing games. It appeared a lot, and I'm sh- maybe we'll talk about this, but you know, it it they never forgot about it. No. Um, Planet Wisp, especially, I think, became, despite uh, the first stage being so iconic, I think, as we moved on planet wisp became the face of sonic colors oh sure.
2: oh yeah for sure um yeah i'm not, I, yeah. I didn't mention any of the things because i'm already at the reception and legacy uh, i think sonic has had more positive reception i mean i think sonic colors the game has had more positive reception over time um but the mm-hmm. game was hated by a few individuals that we will get into Uh-oh. in this post but uh but really the game got a 78 percent metacritic and a 8.4 user score Sonic Colors went on to be highly successful for Sega. According to Sega's financial reports at the time, by the end of 2011, the game had sold over 2.2 million units on both the Wii and DS. Uh, Considering that the Wii and the DS were way lower budget to develop compared to the PS3 and 360, it probably meant more profit. It also, it was kind of a weird time during the Wii time where it kind of felt like the gimmick of it. It selling 10 million units of like mini games was like dying out like Wii Fit was mm-hmm. done all the fad was done and people were kind of like it was the last bit of the hardcore gamers buying up some of the good games you know so absolutely I'm, yeah. I'm sure it would have sold more if it was in 2008 but um while we don't have overall sales like over overall it felt like the game came out during the, oh yeah I already said that uh when the fresh controller idea fell uh, fell down are you shocked that the game managed to move as many units on the Wii?
0: No, absolutely not. I think there's a huge uh, base of Sonic fans already there, and I think Sega had just not tapped it um, until they until they released this game. So you had people like myself who didn't own a Wii picking up a Wii because they wanted to play this cool new-looking Sonic game, and then you had people who had played the storybook titles and were already into it, people who grew up on the uh, Dreamcast ports to the GameCube, and then... You know, there's just was there really a big Mario game at at this time at this year?
2: It's not always a Mario, taking, isn't there? Always yeah, a Mario, yeah, yeah. But I just,
0: yeah, and so I just think it, it made sense that it, it sold so well because the install base was there and the fan base was there. 2010, you know, right? it was super smart. So I don't blame uh, Sonic Team for le- later doing that deal with uh, Nintendo for the Wii U. They thought it was going to be another Sonic Colors times three, and it really wasn't, unfortunately.
2: So, in 2018, uh, we had uh, Super Mario Galaxy 2, Super Mario Sports Mix, and Mario vs. Donkey Kong, some D- DS game. So, they were. Oh. <laughs> it's funny how we always talk about how, like, Sonic needs to slow down with the games. They do multiple a year. Nintendo did three in one year, you know what right. I mean? So, it's like... Yeah. I don't know. I guess they do enough where they diversify. It's like once a sports game, once they won with Donkey Kong, and then the other one is a mainline title. I mean, it, it's
0: really- right. But the thing is, is Mario Galaxy Two. That it looks like that came out um, in May.
2: Okay, uh, so- May and
0: June. So while well, this, well, that's out. This game's being announced. So that's really smart because then people are like enjoying Mario Galaxy, and then they're like, "Oh, this is coming in in December. Awesome! You know, I'll get that for sure."
2: So let's so, let's talk out. about let's talk about a uh, person that uh seems to yes. love Sonic. Uh his name is Yes. He's a British <laughs> one of the biggest critics for Sonic Colors at the time was Destructoids, British Chad Alpha Jim Sterling who gave the game <laughs> a 4.5 and this pretty much made it Sonic fans pretty upset, I would say. I think a lot of his yeah. stuff was like the controls aren't tight, this is just This is more of Sonic Team ripping us off. He was really, really negative about it. It was actually kind of like hateful at a a point, it felt like, um, saying that it was terribly designed. It was just cute ideas. Aaron Weber, the social media manager, I guess at the time, took this and came up with a clever way to get free marketing out of the big hate review that uh, Jim Sterling did. He gave him a spiteful, I guess I would say it's a positive gift because his poster is probably worth a lot of money. But he gave Absolutely. him a huge marketing poster of Sonic Colors and according to Jim Sterling who claims to be six two, yeah, right. Um he says he yeah. can barely lick Sonic's little furry balls in this poster. Let I me mean, if you're watching the video <laughs> of it, he it he literally shows you a picture of it in the backyard and it's covering his whole backyard. It's like a Sonic color yeah. like, cloth poster. And um, That's funny. I'm gonna start talking shit about Sonic games. i be like, "This is the worst Sonic game ever." I don't care, even if it's the best. Yeah, give, me I a, want yeah, give me free stuff. Yeah, give me free stuff. I mean, it, it makes us mad as fans not to have a huge poster like this of Sonic Colors, but you gotta admit that this whole story and drama really did take up, take off on Twitter, and it probably helped sell copies of Sonic, because I think I don't want to be mean, but like in social media, people like fighting. They like picking a side, and when you pick a side. You get, like, invested into it. So now you hate Jim Sterling and you love Sonic Colors. So you're going to go out and buy Day One to spite him, you know? Right. It works. Uh, I think it's funny that it he, works. He, he did a bunch of uh, – I can't – let me see. It. Okay, here we go. He did a bunch of pictures of it in his little backyard. I don't know how big his backyard is. It looks like a small California backyard. But how well, – So he's British. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he lives in America, though. Yeah. He, he lives in America. But, yeah. What do you think about the, the 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 sonic colors? Do you want one of these so you could put in your I don't know what were you put this? It I don't mean, have
0: room for it. Nobody I don't have ha- room for it. No,
2: no, I mean you fold it up and put it away. It's how much would you How much do you think Sonic collectors would pay for something like this? Um
0: uh, probably 500. dollars Perfect. Um
2: and I think That's all I think I had on my notes. Uh, Do you want to read? Do you have any of the. Do you want me to read the ending uh, from people?
0: I could read them. I'll read the comments. Go for it. Um, So if you guys support us on Patreon at any level, you get to leave your memories at the end of the show. So without further ado, let's throw it over to um, those guys. First off, like I said, Tyler Olu, this is his episode. So thank you so much for your support. Thanks for picking this. Lucky you, it's the Christmas episode, it's the 60th episode, very cool. Um, Now we have Daniel Undress, who's always got something to say. Holy smokes, I cannot believe that you guys are covering Sonic Colors for both your 60th episode and Christmas episode, pretty much. I love, love, love this game to death. I haven't touched it again in a very long time, for nearly 10 years now. Um, Ever since I got it for Christmas, 10 years ago. I was in love with this game. I got it either Christmas Eve night or Christmas Eve morning and played it all night long with no sleep. After one of the two, I'm not sure, I just remember, well, he's got a lot to say, that I beat this game in a matter of just two days after I got this. It was just so amazing. During the time all the positivity this game was getting, from almost anyone or anything i was so happy to be revisiting sonic colors this christmas season and for me personally i just bought the ds version i remember trying it out on one of my cousin's ds's 10 years ago and thought that it was pretty awesome back then i was so psyched and hype after i got all 180 red star rings oh boy remember those sometime yeah. in i want to say around mid 2011 and I got to play a Super Sonic for the first time. I recorded it back then in an old shitty like, quality camera and posted <laughs> it to YouTube. It was just so damn awesome getting a playable Super Sonic for the main stages for the first time in a 3D Sonic game. It was incredible for the um, at that time. Again, how many people loved this game and praised it? I was so happy back then about it and genuinely good and amazing to be a Sonic fan at that time especially with Generations coming out only a year later. It breaks my heart a bit that a lot of people have actually grown to hate this game. I may not be the biggest fan of the story or of Roger as Sonic, even though I do really like him for other roles, but I still really love Sonic Colors from its gorgeous visuals to its beautiful music to its good, great, awesome, outstanding, and amazing (laughs) gameplay. And I will never truly be sick of this game. I will always resonate Sonic Colors and Christmas time together. um, And for a while for me try to make it a Christmas tradition to play this game at least every December happy 60 years to Sega happy 60th episodes to Sega Talk podcast Merry Christmas to everyone and of course happy 10 years to Sonic Colors oof 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 and then we've got Nicholas Schaefer he says I love this game I bought a Wii primarily for Sonic and that purchase had, was only validated when this game came out. It's beautifully brought back some classic staples like Power-Ups, Badniks, which we didn't talk about. Yeah, Badniks are back. And playable Super Sonic and stages. Planet Wisp was gorgeous, and truthfully, I would be happy if this was the standard game going forward. A few of the latter levels could use more polish, but overall, a great game. And can we take a moment to appreciate Mike Pollock's voice work for the background intercom? Oh, yeah. Yes. We've
2: always appreciated his yes. work. <laughs> Thank you guys for watching (laughs) Thank you Happy 60th anniversary to Sega The last episode of 2020 See you guys next year Merry Christmas We love you Happy 10 years of Sonic Colors We appreciate the love Check us out on Patreon Bye
0: Bye